The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And we've got three absolutely tremendous hours coming up for you as we're going to be diving into a lot of college basketball, north of 60 games on the card. So, Got to try to pick you guys as many winners as humanly possible. And even though you're not going to have a lot of ranked teams, as I always like to say with these college basketball Thursdays, there's a lot of stake. You're not going to get a lot of sizzle, but you know what? It doesn't matter whether you're betting Duke, North Carolina. It doesn't matter if you're betting the Super Bowl or if you're betting on insert your favorite Northeast Conference team here, Lemoyne. Winners can be found in so many different ways, and we've got to try to get as many of those as humanly possible in 15 minutes. That's when... Justin Perry, who does tremendous work over at Chocolate Bets, is going to be joining me. He does a outstanding job. Take a look at all these teams. I know that he is a man out there in the northeast part of the country. He, much like myself, a college basketball sickle looking at the Northeast Conference, all these smaller schools. So that's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to be joining me in 15 minutes, and we're going to get you guys locked and loaded on those games. On top of that, we do have to ask our good friend Justin if there's anything that he's taking a look at for the Super Bowl. With regards to the Super Bowl, things have been relatively stagnant with regards to the line over the last 24 or so hours. When I was on the show yesterday, we were sitting at two with a total of 147.5, mostly seeing 147.5, one or two straight 147s, but not a lot of movement there. Probably not going to be getting a lot of it until I would say more people come to Las Vegas, until you get media day, what have you, but certainly there's a lot of takes to be had. And as the days go along, we're getting more and more props up on the board out here in Las Vegas. Many of them are going to be coming in terms of more of the exotic ones next week. But we've got a great chat coming up with Justin in about 15 minutes. In a little bit over an hour from now, certainly we need to get Ian McMillan of Betsided's thoughts on the Super Bowl. Couple with that, he also does an amazing podcast called the Bacon Bets Podcast. In my opinion, one of the best podcast names out there. But I know that he does a tremendous job taking a look at the NHL. We've got a lot of action that is happening out there on the ice, and we've seen a lot of surprise teams as far this season in the NHL as well. So we're going to be getting his thoughts on that in a little bit over an hour, and then two hours and 15 minutes from now, Rob Donaldson. He does great work with the show slash podcast, Rob's Best Bets. You go over to youtube.com slash Rob Donaldson. He does amazing work there. We'll get his thoughts on the Super Bowl as of right now, what he has slash has not bet. Couple with that, we are going to be diving in with him on this college basketball Thursday, as well as I know that he's got quite a few plays. So we've got ourselves a tremendous show tonight, and we do have ourselves a very interesting landscape in terms of the NFL because we've been talking so much about the Super Bowl this week, and rightfully so, but the biggest news in the NFL that we did see on Wednesday is that right now it's looking more and more likely that either Mike Frabel, Bill Belichick, or both might not be out there on the sidelines this season as the Seattle Seahawks, they decide to make their man Mike McDonald, old McDonald's heading over to Seattle. He was the 
offense or the defensive coordinator over with the Baltimore Ravens. He inks that job. So now really we're waiting on the commanders and that's about it with regards to coaching searches right now. And it is just such an interesting landscape to see where so many of these teams are going. Because if you were looking at landing spots for perhaps a good ready-made situation, I honestly thought because everyone was speculating, oh, will Bill Belichick be going to the Atlanta Falcons? I know that there was early talk about the Washington Commanders, but quarterback situation, not the world's greatest there. We were thinking perhaps if the Eagles or the Cowboys opened up, which they did not, that could be a landing spot there. I always thought the Seahawks was a relatively okay spot for him. Maybe it's just me, but I know that with Bill Belichick, didn't necessarily have the world's most mobile quarterback when he was in his heyday over the, there with the New England Patriots. But I mean, still, Geno Smith has been able to do a solid job. You've got a Seattle Seahawks team that they were able to make the playoffs during the 2022 campaign. Here in 2023, didn't make the playoffs, but they were still a sturdy, solid team. And with Mr. McDonald's, very clear that they, this is pretty much the opposite of a Belichick hire. Belichick, north of 70 years old. McDonald, he's the youngest coach now in the NFL at 36 years old. And it is interesting to take a look at the landscape of the NFL as we did notice a lot of guys on the defensive side of things did get hired on, which I do think that this is a little bit more of a trend that we are seeing. A lot of teams there trusting in their offensive coordinators with a little bit more responsibility, in my opinion. And with regards to these head coaches, they are more or less managers. They have to just make sure that everything is staying in line there, making sure that everyone's on point, doing their job, things like that. And I do think that it is so interesting how we've been taking a look at things. And with the Ravens, they certainly were a rock-solid defense. They don't win that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was not the fault of the defense. I blame that a little bit more on the offense. But as of right now, it looks like either Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick, or both are not going to be on the sidelines this year in the NFL. And you do have to speculate about this as well. Because we've seen it in the NBA each of the last two seasons. And this is completely different. And I don't know if this is ever going to be happening. Maybe it's just me going down a rabbit hole in which I'm making a little bit too much of this. But we saw it with the Milwaukee Bucks about a week and a half ago. They had their coaching staff all set in place. Decided, you know what? Things aren't working out well. They bring in Doc Rivers midseason. who was pretty much the biggest name out there. I still question the move. I'm a... Person that is from the great state of Wisconsin, and I'm not thinking that this year is going to be turning out too tremendously for the Milwaukee Bucks towards back half of it, but it is a move that was made. We saw it last year with the Atlanta Hawks. They decided that they were going to be bringing on Quinn Snyder. Could an NFL team, if things are just going completely sideways on them for the first few games of the season, like I was mentioning a little bit before, with the Eagles, the Cowboys, teams with high expectations, they start out, one and four, one and three, two and five. Could they decide to make a midseason coaching move? Which I think it would be much harder in the NFL rather than any other real entity. Because when it comes to the NBA, which I was referring to with Doc Rivers with regards to Quinn Sider, you got five guys to be able to manage. A lot of guys, they've already got their offensive philosophies. And it's not like you're completely trying to reinvent the wheel with an NBA offense. Whereas in football, there's many different ways of being able to go about blitzing schemes when it comes to running an offense you go west coast style what do you do with that regard so i do think that that would be a little bit more difficult but that is something that it just leads me to sort of scratch my head and wonder if that could be a possibility as we are looking at the nfl landscape right here on the greg peterson experience on visa the sports betting network and i do think that that's going to be a lot of fun to be able to take a look at throughout the 2024 nfl season obviously we've got one big game that's happening before them but a lot of games are happening in college basketball right now, and I do think that it is so interesting to take a look at the trajectory of so many of these teams, as Wednesday was sort of scare night for a lot of these ranked teams. You did see Purdue have to go to overtime with Northwestern, a Northwestern team that, if you saw the game, they shot north of 50% from three-par range. Purdue still is able to win the game by nine points, not good enough for a cover, but they were able to get the job done. You saw Alabama go down very early on against Georgia, they were down, as a matter of fact, double figures at the half. They rallied 58-35 to 35 in the second half. They were able to get it done. Baylor was down early against Central Florida. They were able to get it done. And then you saw Kentucky not be able to rally against Florida. As that was a game where it went to overtime. Kentucky, they do fall in overtime by kind of 94-91. to 91, But it just leads me to believe that we are going to be in for a March that, much like we saw last season, I do think that it's going to be full of a lot of hoopla and it's going to be filled with a lot of parity. Now, 
I don't think that we get quite what we saw last season where all the top three seeds were just completely taken out of the NCAA tournament prior to the Final Four. I think we're going to get a little bit more of the top teams coming through than we saw a season ago. But it is very interesting to take a look at the landscape of college basketball. And with the way that the game is being called right now, it's just all about what team is able to get hot from three-point range. Because if you look at these scares that were had, and if you take a look at the teams that were able to rise up on this Wednesday, they all had a commonality. They were all super hot from three-point range, like with Baylor. They shot 9-20 of 20 from three-point range to be able to get past Central Florida, but Central Florida in that game, they went 14-27 of 27 from three-point range. I just laid it out with Northwestern. Northwestern just went completely flamethrower mode from three-point range, shooting darn near 50% from three-point range. You saw with Florida. Florida has been all over the place with regards to their offense as far this season. They shoot north of 40% from three-point range. And then Georgia, they were able to shoot 41% from distance to be able to put a scare in Alabama. Sometimes you just catch, for lack of a better term, a falling knife. And it is a big reason why when it comes to college basketball, I always do advocate that you want to have a little bit more volume in this sport because when it comes to just unpredictability, I think that baseball always has to be number one because sometimes you bat on a pitcher, he just flat out doesn't have it. I mean, that just happens from time to time. I do think that with baseball, the 162-game sample size, the overall grind, that is probably the sport where, you, number one, you want to have the most volume on. But I do think that basketball is really number two because especially in college basketball where you just have fewer possessions than in a 48-minute NBA game. That's why you see a little bit less volatility in the NBA. More possessions equals more of the true expected results to happen. Less possessions means that you could lead to a little bit more chaos. It's the old flipping a coin analogy, because if you flip a coin 20 times, your likelihood of having a 50% heads to tails, the ratio that you're going to have off of that 50% is much higher with 20 flips rather than if you do 40 flips. If you have 80 flips, you're much more likely to have 50-50 once again. It goes even further when you go to 160, you just go down less. The more flips you have, the closer you are probably going to get to 50-50. Well, when it comes to college basketball, you just have a scenario where these teams, if they are able to just come out strong from three-point range like Georgia did, like Northwestern did, it can lead to just scenarios in general where you do see upsets. And the truly great teams like Alabama is a team that I think has been horribly undervalued by the polls. If you look at more of the Kempom metrics, if you look at your good friends over at Bart Torvik, what have you, they've got Alabama with much more esteem than the pollsters do, them being number 24 as a result of them losing games on a very, very loaded non-conference slate. I do think that that's a sign of a very good team, and you do want to be looking for that. Like, with Alabama being able to win and cover against Georgia, I think that that deserves a little bit more credence than when you do face off against, insert your team here, and they're just as cold as an igloo from three-point range. So we're starting to see some character with some of these teams in college basketball, a man that has great character, a man that does a tremendous job of taking a look at this sport that we all know and love. That'd be Justin Perry over at Chocolate Events. Certainly going to be taking a little bit of a look at the Super Bowl with him, but coming next, going to be diving in on what is a loaded Thursday college basketball slate with him right here at the Greg Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you have yet to check out the all-new VSN.com, it's got a fresh look. It's much easier to be able to scroll and navigate on your favorite mobile device. And on top of that, you've got so many great betting tools to just make you a smarter, better. You get my daily handicap college basketball lines up there. You've got so many great articles. I know that Wes Reynolds, who was on the show previous to myself, Visa tonight, who does a great golf article every single week. You get expanded educational content as well. That's all at the brand new VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to be joined by this man, Justin Perry. He does absolutely incredible work over at Shot Quality Bets. And Justin, I know that we're going to dive into a little bit of Super Bowl, but that said, We've got ourselves a great slate of college basketball for Thursday, and I always appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Hey, Greg, it is always a pleasure to be here and discuss whatever you want to talk about. I love that we are deep in college basketball season. A lot of fun conference twists every single night feels like you're just tuning into chaos, and it's great. Oh, it has been feeling like chaos, and we saw really the night of scares on Wednesday. Kentucky did ultimately go down to Florida, but I just noticed a big, giant commonality with all these scares. Like Baylor, they were able to pull it out late against Central Florida, but that was a scare for them. We saw Alabama go down double figures. They were able to rally. Northwestern was very nearly able to take down Purdue. But I mean, all those scenes that were going for those upset bids, it just felt like they went into flamethrower mode from three-point range. And just what have you been making out of it? Because this has been the most efficient year by the numbers in terms of shot making in college basketball history. And it does feel like with regards to college basketball, volume is a little bit more of the way to go because you just never know on one of these games where you're going to catch a falling knife and you just bet against a team that somehow, some way, they come in shooting 32% from three. And on the night that you bet against them, they go 16 of 24. Yep. You know, you're going to run into that and you're going to run into it the other way too, right? You're going to bet on a team and all of a sudden they've been hot and they're just going to go ice cold. We try to sort of look at that type of an, uh, analysis and looking into performances and quantifying how uh, legitimate or real they actually might be over at shot quality, but it'll still catch you by surprise no matter how prepared you think you are. There'll be like, you know, those 15-0 runs we will see. Uh, like Murray State last night just killed me, you know, and it's like the second time in a row it's 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 interesting to try to predict and there's no necessary uh rhyme or reason sometimes to some of these collapses or the melts but i think the the best way to situate yourself is to spread the volume out so that they sort of you know take the the role of like the edge cases so that you're like okay well over time i'll probably see an equal amount either way if i play enough volume and then my goal was to focus on trying to win those games where the you know i'm in the middle and it's crazy stuff isn't happening and try to get my edge applied there and come out ahead. So uh, it, it's craziness. It's been one of the craziest years. I think there's a lot of external factors compared to, you know, maybe the past five or 10, uh, looking at like the steadiness and the player changes and, and rule changes and all this type of stuff that's going on. 
but we're, we're seeing it across the entire college basketball scape. It's, it's been a tough one to predict. Oh, it certainly has been. And college basketball is never easy to predict, to say the least. But this year, it just feels like it's been on steroids a little bit. And for those that have been able to do it very well, always have to tip my hat to them because, man, it has been a year of a lot of volatility. And in terms of the Thursday card, I always think that Thursdays are some of the more interesting days in college basketball because we're not going to be getting a lot of ranked teams. You're going to get Arizona in action. And last time we saw Arizona in action on Thursday, They were one of those teams that caught Oregon State on the wrong night as they went into inferno mode from three-point range themselves. But how do you take a look at these Thursday cards? Because we're not going to have a lot of ranked teams. There's not going to be a lot of teams that you're going to be buzzing about, about being able to make like a Sweet 16 Elite Eight run in the NCAA tournament. But as you know, as well as I do, there's tons of money to be made on these cards. Oh, man. I mean, you're telling me you're not excited for LIU Brooklyn versus Fairleigh Dickinson. Hey, Greg, I'm excited is, for it. I know the you sharks, are. Baby. I know you are. <laughs> look, I love the Sharks uh, homegrown team for me here in New York. But look, I think there is a lot of meat on the bone tomorrow. You definitely want to make sure that you're approaching games, uh, I think, by by matchups and trying to look into how teams are going to play strengths, weaknesses, tendencies, uh, and then maybe trying to understand why they might be that way, right? There's a lot of reasons why a team could be good at defending, the, you know, uh, the rim or the or the three. Maybe they don't see enough of it because they allow teams to get to the rim, so they don't have to take a lot of threes and they lose a lot. So there, there's so much that you can weave together to understand past performances and actual strengths and uh, you know actual maybe team overall capabilities versus just what the results look like. I think we can fall so victim to oh this team's lost four out of the last five they're going to be uh, looking to win but maybe they actually played one of their best games in terms of developing their offense and just couldn't hit their shots and now they're actually going to be online to have a bad game and maybe hit shots or maybe a bad game and not hit shots so you want to give yourself a little bit of like uh, I guess a, a understanding room I, I, to, to really try to break down these games and get a good sense of what might happen going forward not just so tied to all right, this team won or lost last time out. They're they're in a tough spot. Uh, you know, they they're on the road in conference. It's it's a little bit more matchup based than that, in my opinion. Yeah, and to your point, just looking at a team being at home slash on the road in conference, we have seen home underdogs only hitting about forty nine percent this far this season in college basketball. And typically those are always something that I personally like to highlight. I've had to change around on that a little bit myself as joining me on the show. We do have Justin Perry. He does tremendous work over at Chakawai Bets, and he's joining me right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And I do love the fact that you are a man that is out there in the Northeast part of the country because you were just alluding to it. The fact that you're getting all geared up for the LIU Sharks and their game that is going to be going down on Thursday. And surely we'll take a look at a few bigger games in a minute or two. But I think in terms of the America East and the Northeast Conference, that is standing out to you because a team that I've been loving to bet on, Sacred Heart, I recognize that a lot of people are going to view this and be like, why am I laying 11 points with Sacred Heart at home against Stone Hill? But even though Stone Hill got a very nice feature in that new movie, Dumb Money, which I thought that that was hilarious, by the way, that's about the only thing that Stone Hill is going for right now because that's one of my favorite spots on the board for Thursday with the way that Sacred Heart has been playing and the way that Stone Hill, well, they have not been performing. Yeah, this should be an interesting place for Sacred Heart to maybe make a little bit of noise there in the Northeast, of course. Uh, they they started off really hot, 4-1 and one now, back-to-back losses against SFPA and Fairleigh Dickinson on the road. Uh, I think, you know, those are just tough spots. Uh, they shot pretty poorly against SFPA, and, and they just couldn't stop Fairleigh Dickinson, which feels a little weird to say, but the offense looked a lot better, I think. We're probably looking at a spot where they will be able to flex their muscles. The offensive efficiency for this team looks pretty good. And Stonehill's just not going to challenge you on defense. It's just uh, kind of the truth. You look at what they're sort of able to do week in, week out. They basically put up like 82, 83, uh, you know, points per 100 possessions, which is really bad. So, yeah, I think this is probably a nice spot on Sacred Heart if I had to uh, take a swing at it, Stonehill has had a couple close games on the road against LIU Brooklyn, but Sacred Heart does have a little bit more muscle to them than some of these other teams. There's just not many players on Stonehill they can trust for a bucket. The turnover percent looks terrible. They don't get offensive rebounds. Uh, It's a mess. So yeah, I'm with you. I'll be on Sacred Heart tomorrow. This should be a nice spot for them. 
otherwise in that Northeast Conference, there's there's some interesting games. Of course, uh, Wagner is is playing. They're they're a tough team to handicap. Kind of been on a slide. They'll be playing Lemoyne, who's actually been a little bit surprising. One of the newest uh, D1 teams has been putting together some strong performances. I'd trust what you see. I think it's going to be Lemoyne tomorrow over this Wagner team that has been on the downhill that has been allowing too much of a uh, offense to be developed against them. Yep, and with this LeMoyne team, the old Dolphins have been able to do a solid job of being able to get their offense hyped up. And when it comes to mm-hmm. Wagner, it's so interesting because they can hit shots to save their lives, but they really don't turn the ball over. They turn the ball over like right. 10 times for contest. So they're clearly running some okay stuff, but they can't throw the ball into the ocean. So that has been really interesting. I think, I think sorry, I've wag for LeMoyne. They have such a good free throw percent. It's just so uncommon at that level. And I think it's a huge advantage for this team. They can knock down their shots from the charity stripe. And I do want to get your thoughts on this as well. And we'll talk a little bit more college basketball on the flip side. What do you make out of some of these teams that they are playing super duper up tempo and then all of a sudden they hit a cooler. And by that, I'm talking about UMBC versus Bryant, a UMBC team that last few games, they've been held below 70, but this has been a rocket ship on offense going up against a Bryant team. That's one of the fastest teams in all of college basketball, but they themselves have been a little bit up and down with regards to their scoring output recently. Yeah, I mean, this is a really interesting one. UMBC, of course, is one of these low-level teams that can sort of be up and down their pace, like you said, uh, kind of uh, been a little variable. You'll see a fast game, a slow game, but I do tend to think it's a little bit slower than it was at the start of the season. So uh, there might be some reaction to, okay, Bryant's this fast-paced team, but I would I would lean towards unders. We've talked about it, this high efficiency. The numbers have totally adjusted. We're not, we're not beating the market, just taking overs. Uh, it was happening for a while, but these unders have definitely come back around and play. And I think you definitely want to have your eyes open. To your point, north of a 52% under rate in the last two weeks in college basketball. And man, that always does a tremendous job looking on the front of this game that we all know and love of college basketball is Justin Perry. And certainly we'll talk a little bit more college basketball coming up next, but also have to get his initial thoughts on the Super Bowl as well. It's Justin Perry of Shot Kawhi Best. Joining me next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Banking Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. Sign up for a VSIN Pro annual subscription and because you're a listener to this fine program, the Greg Peterson Experience, you get a discounted rate. You utilize the promo code Greg and we'll get in on that VSIN Pro annual subscription for just $199. And this gives you access to everything that we're doing on the brand new VSIN.com website. That includes our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has a hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving on every game. Premium analysis, 24-7 video access, betting systems, plus our upcoming Super Bowl betting guide with best bets and favorite player props. Remember, utilize that promo code Greg to save yourself some money when you sign up for a VSIN Pro annual subscription over at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by this man. Justin Perry does tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Justin, we're going to dive into a little college basketball again in a few minutes. But first things first, do you want to get your initial thoughts on the Super Bowl, knowing full well that we still have a week and a half until the big game. So I'm sure that there are some player props that you're still deciding on. You might be deciding on what way you're going to lean on the game as well. But that said, right now we're sitting with a line of two pretty much across the board. Total of 47 to 47 half with regards to the total with the Chiefs being the underdog in this spot. How do you evaluate this game just on first glance? Because for me, it's just been very simple throughout the playoffs. Don't doubt Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I lean to. I'm I'm probably staying away from the side. I'm going to be playing on the total in this one. I I like this matchup too much. I think both these teams, uh, it's really going to be hopefully a great Super Bowl. And I say that with the severe dread that we're going to walk into a a defensive battle and and we're not going to get like the the fire show that we could uh, out of these offenses. But I, I do trust them to be able to move the ball. I think that's what it is on both sides of this game is that both offenses can, can can get first downs, can get themselves in positions to establish drives and also have the explosiveness to create big plays, which of course in turn 
opens up the rest of the offense to churn uh, those yards and get those run plays and uh, make sure that, you know, the defense sort of uh, plays it safe enough so that, you know, you can't just get bombed over the top for a 60 yard touchdown. So I, I do like the balance in the attack for both teams. Um, I'm not really sure how it's going to end up. I, I would imagine there's probably going to be some craziness involved as there is when you choose a winner between two very talented sides. Um, and it's going to be a great game either way, but, yeah, I, I think the value, therefore, is going to be on just taking the cheapest money line you can on either side uh, and then, you know, just letting sort of uh, variance do its thing. It, it could go either way. And the line sort of indicates that to me. It's, it's really tight. So, uh, yeah, I, I do like the Chiefs on the money line by that logic. And I do think that the total probably is where I'm going to be putting most of my money based on traditional bets. Maybe find a few props as the market's open. Yep, I'm right there with you. And some people are speculating whether or not we're going to be able to get a three on this game. And I'm thinking, no, I would be very, very surprised if we see a three. So if you like the Chiefs, which personally, I do like the Chiefs. It's all about trying to find the best money line humanly possible. As I just, I don't see this game landing one or two. I think that this is a spot where if you like the Chiefs, try to take a little bit of plus money yourself. And I do think that we are sort of in the same boat there. And we're both in the same boat in terms of absolutely loving what we've got on this college basketball Thursday. And I mean, it does get started at nine o'clock AM Pacific with UW green oh, Bay and old Ewe Pewee. So we've got ourselves some great action on this card. That's how you know that it's going to be a good day. But that said, when it comes to the Thursday card, just at first glance, what are a few games that are really standing out to you right now? Because I mean, it's pretty much a, Choose your own adventure sort of day. You've got the Sun Belt. You've got yeah. the Ryzen League, the Big West. You've got yourself some interesting Pac-12 games as well. Anything that's really standing out to you just on first glance where you're like, man, this is perhaps a conference, a team I'm going to be loading up on. You know, I think for a day like this where, you know, you do see some of the lower major conferences playing, you want to just default towards maybe taking some of these like eight to 10 point dogs on the money line for sprinkles. It's one of my favorite strategies in college basketball. You can get a little bit maybe more than you should on some of these teams that do have a chance to like throw a big upset and win, but it's the Northeast Conference. What's really an upset, right? Um, I do think it's also a big day for totals. Now, aside, I do like something that I'm really looking into. I probably am going to bet it. Haven't locked it in yet. It's going to be Towson minus six and a half. They're going up. They And their only blemish in the last couple of weeks is a loss against the very team they're playing tomorrow, Northeastern. Uh, Northeastern has been underperforming all season. And I think at some point you just have to look at them and say they are not really uh, cut out based on like some of their expectations. They're, they are maybe a bad shot-making team, and some of the metrics really can't express that they are just going to continue to struggle. They could periodically show up, and everything can you know align. The stars can align. Their shots can fall. But um, you know the, the shooting is leaving a lot to be desired, especially sort of in some of these high-performance areas where you would expect them to do well, like threes and around the rim. So... Uh, I'll be looking to take Towson. I do think this is a spot where they just have, you know, really gone into a new form compared to the first half of the season. You might still be getting a discount because of it. So I like that a lot. And then, like I said, I'll be looking at totals. I think that Sacred Heart Stonehill game that we talked about could end up being a little uh, shootouty. I know that sounds weird, but, uh, you know, a 140 point line for those teams could get passed pretty easily with how sloppy some of the defense can get in these conferences. So I like that. Uh, and then, you know, maybe maybe a few other plays. The the OVC in action tomorrow as well is going to be fun. Maybe even some uh, some Big West and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. There's always a lot of fun to be had as Justin Perry does tremendous work over at Chocolate Bets is joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. And I do want to highlight this spot here. We've got St. Thomas, the old Tommy's on the road against Nebraska mm -hmm. of Omaha. Thomas finds himself as a two-point favorite. Total on this game is 141. How do you take a look at a strange team like St. Thomas that plays at one of the slowest tempos in all of college basketball? They have no size whatsoever, but they've done a pretty rock-solid job on defense this year, and though they're not the, necessarily the world's greatest shot makers, they just pride themselves on really doing the little things like hitting their free throws and not turning the ball over. Yeah, you know, St. Thomas is a, a tough team to sort of understand. I think they've gone a little up and down themselves as we've seen the season go on. They had like some really, really good performances there, you know, probably what was that like in, in like late December, early January, but kind of slipped a little bit losses to South Dakota state, South Dakota and North Dakota 
in their last five amongst wins, you know, against North Dakota State and then also Oral Roberts. But uh, I've liked the way that they've been playing at, at points in there. Again, they're a little tough to understand. Uh, the free throw rate for Omaha has really been carrying this team. So I'm going to be interested to see how that goes. St. Thomas lives and dies by those threes, right? The 13th highest three-point rate. Um, they're just going to shoot. So I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how that sort of works because Omaha is going to allow them to take those shots. Um, and and that's a that's a recipe for long-term success, right? A very low mid-range percentage for St. Thomas and, and Nebraska-Omaha is probably going to live in the mid-range because they just don't get good shots. So I would lean Tommies. You'd think it's them probably trying to get back on the horse a little bit after some rough outings. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I trust them. There's going to be a lot of volatility in those threes. Uh, they will probably need to score a good amount to win. So they're not going to win any low scoring battles. They're going to need to like win and, and cover pretty handedly. It's going to be like hot shooting or bust. Yeah. But it's been so interesting to take a look at the St. Thomas team all year long. And one that if you've been betting on them, they've actually been able to make you some pretty good money this season coming up from the D three ranks a few seasons ago. I remember my beloved UW Oshkosh Titans in football I actually lost to them in the final four back when I was in college. So they always hold a place in my heart. Sometimes it does bring back some bad memories, but they hold a place in my heart whenever I bet on them. So good for the Tommies. And I do want to get your thoughts on this game as well. Probably going to be the game of the night in college basketball. Wisconsin on the road against Nebraska. Relative pick em line. Some places have Wisconsin as a one-point favorite. Totals between 144 and 144 and a half. How do you evaluate this one, especially with last time these two teams played, both teams shooting darn near 50% from three? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a wild one. I remember it. Um, look, I I think Wisconsin is pretty legit here, eight and one uh, in the Big Ten. It's it's going to be a tough test for Nebraska here. I'm not a hundred percent sure which side I'll be taking on this one. It, it looks like it's going to be a battle. I think the line's very very sharp. Wisconsin should be able to just edge out Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, themselves. But yeah, this is this is going to be a fun one. I think that this Nebraska team does have the offensive efficiency to keep up. It's just is their defense going to be able to contain uh, Wisconsin and, and Store and Wall? It's it's been a, an effective attack. So I would think that winning on the road in the Big Ten is still pretty tough. So I'd lean Nebraska, maybe uh, money line rather than taking the small points. But should be a great battle and an entertaining game. Yep, it should be a good one. And like I said, we've got a lot of stake, not a lot of sizzle on this college basketball Thursday. And yeah. uh, trust me, I'm a advocate for Texas Roadhouse. So that's just the way that I like it. And Justin, it's always great to get you aboard. You do such an amazing job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. And your time is always appreciated. Thank you. Greg, it's an honor to be here. I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Always good to have Justin aboard. This is a great slate of college basketball that we got for this Thursday. And you need to dive into it a little bit more. We just started to scratch the surface with Justin Perry over at Chalk Valley Bets. And coming up next, let's take a look at some colonial action right here on the Great Peter Set Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Are you looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? Well, the folks over at DraftKings Sportsbook have got you covered. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VSN when you do. As new customers, can place about a five dollars. Get $200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with that promo code of VSIN because over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. If you notice me glowing a little bit more this segment, that is because our DK Network write-up just went done. If you are listening live, Boise State, we did not need the 11 points. My write-up was bad because I gave out the 11 points with Boise State they won this game outright. I mean, my goodness, a good win for Boise State. That is what we like to see. And our write-up for the slate on Thursday is going to be coming up in 15 minutes. So we're up to 51 and 35. Very, very happy with how this year has been going. That said, as we know, got to be continuing to put in the work to be able to get those results. So we're going to be looking to do so. But there's plenty of money to be made also in the Colonial. So how about if we dive in on this game, which I do think is one of the more interesting games of the night. This is 743-744. UNC Wilmington. It's a road face-off against College of Charleston. Charleston opens up as a 5.5-point favorite. This has been bet down. They're in a lot of places right around about a 4.5 to a 5-point favorite. And DraftKings right now, the low watermark on this game. They're having this one at a 3.5. Total on this game in between 155.5 and 156. And it's a very interesting spot because both of these teams actually played about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And you're going to find a lot of this with the Colonial, by the way. There's a lot of games that are going to be happening for Thursday, in which these two teams hooked up like 15 days ago. So you're going to be getting a lot of rematches. And it's all about how do you determine revenge? How do you determine how real slash fake is what we saw the first time around? And I do think that this UNC Wilmington team, they are the real deal. I'm going to be taking the points here. I set this line at two and a half. I do think that Charleston is going to be able to give a little bit more of a spirited effort the first time around than when they lost by kind of 78 to 69. But for Charleston, they lost that first game, even with Antti Brozovic, their main big man, being able to give you 27 points, 11 rebounds in that first time around. And I mean, it was with Tarzarian White having a relatively pedestrian game. Is he top scorer for UNC Wilmington? He's able to supply the team with north of 20 points per contest. And this UNC Wilmington team does one thing very well. They take care of the ball. Fewer than nine turnovers per game. And it's not like there's some team that's playing at warp speed or anything like that. This is not a team that's going to be absolutely running and gunning it for mankind. But this team is turning the ball over on 11% of possessions. That is number one in all of college basketball. Going up against a Charleston team that 
to their credit, they've been able to do a better job of being able to take care of the ball themselves. Fewer than 11 turnovers per game. They've brought in the Patriot League transfer, C.J. Fulton. He's not been able to give you a lot of scoring, but he has been able to supply the team with about four assists. He's able to give you a few rebounds. Um, he's been a nice little mixer and shaker, but what has really been missing for this Charleston team is the defense. Last season, when they were able to make the NCAA tournament, when they were a pretty fearsome team going into the NCAA tournament, this was a top 50, top 60 team with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. Now they find themselves clocking in well outside the top 100. I will say this for UNC Wilmington as well. Not quite the same defensive team that we've seen in past years for them as well. UNC Wilmington, they are well outside the top 125 with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. And open shots can be had on both of these defenses. UNC Wilmington is outside the top 225 with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. College of Charleston, they have not been closing out from beyond the arc as well. And as a matter of fact, they get no boost at all with regards to their three-point shooting percentage defense at home, allowing opponents to shoot 35% from three-point both at home and in a roadside shooter current environment. Last year when they made the NCAA tournament, that was more 30.1% from the outside. And with not generating as many turnovers, I do think that this is a Wilmington team that should be able to hold snug in this game. You've got KJ Jenkins, who's able to shoot it relatively well from three-point. She's been supplying the team with a double-figure amount of points per game. Guys like Nick Ferrara have been able to come in. They've been able to do a rock-solid job. And for the Charleston team, they always have that philosophy of the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. You still have Rain Smith, who's been able to rein it in, being able to give you a double-figure amount of points. Ben Burnham has been able to give you a few boards as well. But for Charleston, despite the fact that they are a top-75 team in all of college basketball, the girls' rebound rate, they're not generating as many second- and third chances as they did last season as well. It's sort of like last year you had full-on a really good Charleston team. This is more Charleston light this year. They've got a lot of the same pieces from a season ago. They're just not executing the same way as they did a season ago. So I'm going to be willing to take a look at the points with the UNC Wilmington, but I'm also going to be taking a look at the over in this spot, despite the fact that you didn't have either team get to 80 the first time around. First time around, it was more in the mid to high 140s with regards to Oh, the total landed, which you were able to get an under if you bet that first game. It is a College of Charleston team that all of a sudden is playing at warp speed, and I always do think that it's beneficial to take a look at some home and road splits. This is a Charleston team that is playing at a rate of about 3.3 possessions per game more at home rather than in a roadside shoot court environment. So I'm going to be taking a look at this little over, and with regards to Wilmington, anything north of three, I'm going to be willing to take the points with them right here on the Great Peterson Experience of Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and... I do think that we've got ourselves some very interesting action that's also going to be going down in the Ryzen League. How about if we go with 755, 756 on the card? Oakland, the old Grizzlies, as I call them, the Grizzles, are going to be playing us to Robert Morris. Robert Morris, very bravely, one on five, going up against a pack of Grizzlies as a nine and a half to a 10 point underdog. Total on this game, between 145 to 145 and a half. With Robert Morris, I did make them quite a bit of an underdog at nine points, but. This is starting to get steamed up a little bit too high at a 9.5 slash 10. That is my buy point on Robert Morris. And the biggest reason why is that I think that you're going to get a nice shooting expose in this one. As for Oakland, they are just giving it up from three-point range. Outside of the top three under with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. And this is an Oakland team that it looked like towards the beginning part of the year that they were turning over a new leaf. They hold in there. They lose by 11 points against Illinois. They go on the road. They win against Xavier. They go on the road. They hold in there against Ohio. And all of a sudden, they just decided to not play defense anymore. Like, I have no idea how else to explain it, but this team has just completely quit on the defensive side of things, and they're getting a big, giant nothing burger out of Rocket Watts. And remember, yes, it's that Rocket Watts who was over at Michigan State a few years ago. Looked like he was going to be able to ascend, and instead it just became a big, giant flop for him. But... This is an Oakland team that, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they are now clocking in 318th in the country, and this is the most wild and most crazy split that I've seen all season long. They're giving up 12.8 points more per one or in possessions at home rather than in a road slash court environment. Like, your defense should be getting better at home. It shouldn't be going the other way around. If you look in terms of the 362 Division I teams in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis at home, this is an Oakland team that is in the bottom 20 in all of college basketball. As a matter of fact, they're number one. The next closest team is giving up 115 points per 100 possessions. They're giving up 118.5 points per 100 possessions at home. 
And that's Hampton, by the way, who's your second worst defense at home. So that's been really interesting to take a look at. And yet we've got a total here of 145, which I recognize that Robert Morris isn't some sort of an inferno mode three-point shooting team or anything like that. But this team has heated up a little bit. They're now shooting 34% from three-point range. You've got Marquise Hastings. He's been able to supply the team with about 14 points, eight rebounds per game. And it's not like Robert Morris is a steel curtain or anything like that. In terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, this is a team that's clocking in more in that neighborhood about 291st. They actually are giving up fewer points per possession in a roadside shoot court environment rather than at home. And they should be able to do a relatively solid job down though. Trey Townsend for Oakland, he's been a solid player. He's been able to give you about 16 points, seven rebounds per contest. Meanwhile, for Morris, I was mentioning Marquis Hastings give you about eight rebounds per game. You've been able to get a little bit of facilitation off Josh Corman, who's able to shoot a ball from three points, give you about three and a half assists per contest. Stephon Walker as we able to supply the team with about six to six and a half rebounds per game. But this is an Oakland team that, despite the fact that they've got perhaps the best overall rebounder in this game, they're only about 161st in the country with regards to the rebound rate. Biggest thing that you need to avoid with Robert Morris is the turnovers. They brought in Justice Williams, a former top 350 recruit from LSU. He's been able to give the team a double-figure amount of points, and he's really been losing his slip on the point guard duties. They've been turning those over to Corbin a little bit more, but he had more turnovers than assists. It's a team that has a hole for Robert Morris. He's giving up right around about 13, 13 half turnovers per game. Good news for them. Oakland, not a team that necessarily generates a bunch of turnovers. I do think that Blake Lampman is going to be able to get enough shots to be able to get a ton. This is an Oakland team that they do shoot it relatively well from three-point range when they are at home as well. But that said, with the way that Oakland is playing defense, I just don't know how we've got a total of 145 on this game. I recognize that neither of these teams are playing at warp speed or anything like that, but that might draw at 155. I'm going to be taking a look at the over, and with regards to Oakland, them being north of nine, that means that I'm going to be taking a look at the points with Robert Morris currently starting to see a few tens pop up as well. And then how about if we go through this one very quickly, 757, 758. Some fun belt action. Georgia Southern plays us. Detroit. Detroit's a five-point road favorite total on this game. Between 147 and 149, made Troy an eight and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay the number. Troy is in the top 25 nationally in terms of turnovers forced on a per possession basis away from home. Georgia Southern turned the ball for 13 and a half times for contest. This is a Troy team that's also in the top 100 with regards to rebound rate. Georgia Southern just does not have any rebounding whatsoever. You've got really nobody on the team that gives you north of five and a half rebounds per game. So going to be one to lay with Troy in this spot. And I'm also looking at the over. And what we're taking a look at next is my DK Network right up for this college basketball Thursday right here on the Great Peterson Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Bank Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.